Two Friends, Two Murders contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Nobody in an atmosphere like this has any contact with violence or walks in any fear. Except who knows what hides in the private jungle beyond any respectable door. Welcome back to Two Friends, Two Murders. I'm Kylie. And I'm Aubrey. And this week we are talking about sorority murders. Sorority murders! I was kind of shocked at how many there weren't. Yeah. That I couldn't find. Well, like, everything I typed in, like, the different ways I thought of to research it, yeah. everything just came up with Ted Bundy. Yep. And the girls in Florida that he yep. murdered. That are, like, the scary movies that have come yeah. out in the past Sorority few years. Bro. Yeah. Uh, and there's a new one coming out, apparently. Is there? About it, but I forgot the name, so I can't help you guys. But, you know, since we're going to be talking about people killing each other's in sororities or whatever, <laughs> I figured I could talk to you guys about some of the most nightmarish tales of sorority hazing. Yeah, that's like a way I tried to like search to see mm-hmm. like hazing gone wrong. And it was like brutal. Some there of the some research here, yeah, like, results. Listener discretion is advised because some of them can get pretty nasty. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's, I'll just go through a few of them. But this, this one's kind of funny. It's actually rude, but... <laughs> Um, these ones in at St. Anthony's, they actually had these male pledges buy tickets to Hong Kong and then burn them. So they made them spend like hundreds of dollars on these airport tickets and then just burn them. Oh my god, I'd be so pissed. And then female Couldn't pledges. Couldn't you just like go on and like call the airline to try and refund it? That's what I would like, do. Or just be like, make your own, like print out a fake ticket. Yeah, like. <laughs> the female pledges had to buy a Tiffany necklace and throw it in the Hudson River. Oh This was my all gosh. to prove how rich they were. Yeah, I was just about to say like those houses had to be bougie as fuck. Yeah, they're like, can you buy a ticket to Hong Kong? I'd be like. No, I don't even have enough money to buy a let ticket me, to Las let Vegas. Me move some stuff from my savings. Oh yes, let me just go call Daddy real quick. Uh, this girl at Kappa Kappa Gamma, Kappa Kappa, the popular names one, are the best. Mm-hmm. She was blindfolded, ordered to drink a sixty-four ounce water bo- bottle spiked of vodka, Oof. and pushed out of a car. She actually woke up in the hospital with broken teeth, bruises, and was zero point zero zero one away from being in a coma. That's insane. Like, what is it worth it? How did you like? I would just be puking. Like, I oh, wouldn't even be able to make it all two. the way through that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, crazy. So gross. Poor girl. God. Um, these ones. This one's really gross. So I apologize. Ooh. Uh, pledges were forced to sit on paper towels, so these are female pledges, without underwear and watch lesbian porn. And if the paper towel ended up getting wet, they were kicked out of the sorority. What the hell? That is fucked up. <laughs> like, listen, this is kind of gross, but it could I mean... Anybody can watch any yeah, kind of porn they want, and it life. doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. Like, what the hell? This one... <laughs> that is so messed up. I tried to pick the ones that weren't as disgusting, because we're going to get to murders in a minute. So <laughs> Try to just ease you into the graphic <laughs> yes. violence. These ones, uh, the pledges had to sit on washing machines naked, and the sisters would circle their jiggly fat. 
everyone's gonna Ooh. jiggle sitting Ooh. on a washer that is that's not rude that is rude <laughs> what i don't like i i get the whole like one. spear oh no you have to now <laughs> this one's disgusting this one was saying that the sisters were either forced to use one of their sister's dildos or would have to s- do a line of cocaine stop it oh my god who thinks of that who's like in this brainstorming Ooh, session of hazing you can either do some cocaine or you have to use this used yeah, dildo let's play a would you rather with the pledges <laughs> and that's what they come up with what the hell people are disgusting like, but I whatever. get the spirit of, like, having to, like, be hazed to, like, yeah. enter the sisterhood or the brotherhood or whatever. Like, I get that. But some of these, it's like, do you really want to be in that after? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you really want to look do at that your sister to and be later? like, I chose to use your dildo instead of <laughs> my line cool. of cocaine. Are we still cool? Like, that's so weird. Uh, this one says. Are we still cool? <laughs> Uh, you have to ask a random guy three questions, and the last one has to be, can I have sex with you? If he says yes, you have to. Okay. Like, no. Do you at least get to pick the guy? Like, probably freaking, not. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there is no kindness shown. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this one. They had to, ooh, this one's painful. They had to hold hot hookah coals in their hands, and whoever dropped them first was out of the sorority. I would be out immediately. Like, ow, this hurts. No thanks. These are are getting grosser and grosser. I wonder if all of these colleges, too, like, because they're, like, these stories are publicized, I wonder if these ones got in trouble for, like, these hazings. The thing is, you would think so, but a lot of this just happens, and it's, like, the... It's probably the tip of the iceberg. Oh, my God. Uh, Last but not least, uh, this one says, according to an anonymous sorority sister... There are rumors of Southern chapters forcing pledges to perform oral sex on their big sisters. Stop. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll do the line of coke. I'll do it. Do- <laughs> Holy shit. That's uh, disgusting. And then, of course, you have your crazy ones where, like, people were beaten with, like, paddles almost yeah. to the bridge of death. And, like, there are some of, like, people who – there was one that I was reading that these girls had to, like, drink a bunch and then they had to swim out through these waves in the ocean and they both ended up drowning. Yeah. Like, that's... there's just crazy ones like that. But, hey – some people still Wanna choose be to be in the sorority. So bad. Yeah, yeah, that's freaking wild. And just in case you want to, let me just tell you of some of the best sororities in the United <laughs> States, just to kind of switch it up. We Full uh, disclosure, we don't know which ones these are hazing-wise. No. So just So these are cool houses, but they're probably going to do something that way. Uh, Alpha Phi, Phi, whatever. I'm I uh, Obviously, I, I, I was in know. a sorority. <laughs> Uh, that the sorority at Slick Community <laughs> yes. College. Listen, <laughs> they have a mansion at the University of Alabama, so it legit sleeps seventy-two people. Wow! And it has two floors, has ten TVs, both indoor and outdoor, and it has a swimming pool. That's wild. That's awesome. Though. It's so crazy. Uh, Sigma Kappa, which a lot of these names I can. I recognize <laughs> at the University of Florida has more than twenty five hundred or twenty five thousand square feet. Sleeps sixty six girls. Offers a full time kitchen and laundry room on each floor. Has a ca- craft room and uh yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's those, huge. Those sound huge. Like those are huge. Sororities. And they look cool. Like this one. Let's see. It's like an old. It looks like an old castle. Alpha fee at the Colorado. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, uh, in Colorado. It has some of the highest valued 
women in the country go to oh, this one. Oh my gosh. Those are the ones that had to buy Tiffany necklaces yeah, exactly. and throw them away. It even has a tennis racket in the backyard. Oh. Kappa Kappa Gamma. This is that. one, guys. Kappa Kappa Gamma. University of Arkansas. This house is 46,350 square feet. It looks like the White House. Oh my god. Uh, it looks like a castle complete with chandeliers and a grand staircase that you walk down really, really slow. <laughs> Probably lots of pictures on that. Uh, Tri Delta at Mississippi State University. This 43,000 43, square foot home has a 250 person dining room that opens into a private courtyard. That's freaking dope. That's insane. Let's see. Should we see if there's a Utah one? I'm sure there is. Have you These seen These are all the- like Alabama. Have you seen the Friends episode where, like, uh, Phoebe's with Rachel and they're, like, hanging out with her sorority sister and they're like, Phoebe, were you in a sorority? And she's like, yeah, thy mega tampon, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> Duh, what else? <laughs> Let's see. We're, I don't think there's a Utah one on here. Some of these are cool, though. There's They basically all look like old mansions, which, like, we have some at the U, right? There has to be. Listen, Utah Friends... Help us out. Because tell us we what don't know. sorority you're in, and tell us what they did to haze you. Ugh. Unless it's anything more graphic than we've already yeah. said, just it's okay. Well, and like those people, I want to reach out to them and be like, "So, did you do it? Was it worth it? So, what? like, were which you one in did it? you pick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, do you uh, think you could hang with a sorority? No, I don't think I could I, either. Not to be rude, but I don't like people that much yeah. and so i and i don't like to party so i feel like all they do is hang out with people and yeah party. right i am 100 percent fine being home with my cats i think i could hang as long as i didn't like have to live in the house yeah if i could have like my own well and the type of girls that are in sororities okay that's kind of <laughs> rude but like the girls that do like this hazing and stuff yeah, like for real i just wouldn't be done with that yeah i agree i'd be like oof i'm out all right, listen, it's not just the girls. The guys get crazy, too. Oh, yeah. But, but listen, I don't think either of us are talking about guys. But, but that's not this episode. This is episode not. is sorority sisters. Yes, exactly. Murders. What are theirs called? Fraternities. Yes. Yeah. Another another day. <laughs> another day, day, another dollar. <laughs> All right, Kylie, are you Should first? I take it away? Yeah, I think I am first. Let's talk about some deadly um, sororities yeah so i mean not that they're not all usually pretty graphic but i yeah. feel like mine's extra this graphic one, this time yeah this so. one involves uh things that you <laughs> might not sit we're just talking about it but yes yeah list just like forewarning for sure this one's like a lot more graphic than normal yeah. so just either bail out now or hang tight yeah, i don't know exactly <laughs> um okay so my story takes place in I don't know how to say that city. Uh, (laughs) Muskingum University in Ohio. Sure. I have a video that says it actually later, so we'll learn the real saying. So we'll just the real pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small Presbyterian liberal arts school with about thirteen hundred undergraduates in attendance. There are a dozen fraternities and sororities throughout the campus, so the Greek Greek culture is a huge influence. Mm -hmm. Um. Emily Weaver, a sophomore at the time, had rushed Delta Gamma Theta, a sorority who described themselves as a sisterhood dedicated to love and loyalty. Then her sophomore year, she moved into the sorority house, which was called the castle. Oh, I'm sorry. She was a freshman when she first rushed. The castle. And then when she was a sophomore, she moved in. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, it was their house was called the castle. Was it a castle? No. Okay. Like, it did not look like a castle at all. But okay. Um, you can look up pictures later, but it's like just it's a nice house, but it's not. I'm like gonna a castle. start calling my house that. <laughs> welcome to the welcome castle. Welcome to the castle. Dinner party at the castle. Yes. <laughs> uh, friends described Emily as kind and considerate, sometimes hot-headed, but with a great sense of humor, and ton and she had tons of friends. There were 30 girls within the sorority, and Emily felt very close to all of them. When people would ask her how many girls were in the sorority, she would say one because they are a unity of sisters. Oh. So she was, like, very was into very her into sorority life. Got it. Um, Emily had been in an on-again, off-again relationship with this guy. His name was actually never disclosed, so should we come up with, like, a fake name for him? Sure. What should we call him? Let's call him Charles. Charles. Okay. So she was in this on-again, off-again relationship with Charles, Mm -hmm. who was an athlete she had met at a bonfire. He was described as abusive. He would yell at her while they were drunk and, like, destroy her room, I guess. Sounds like a keeper. Yeah, definitely. And her and this guy did end up splitting, but she would, like, still kind of spend time with him here and there. And she'd also kind of bounce back from him and her uh, ex-high school boyfriend. So she was single, but she was kind of, like, still ping-ponging back from them, right? Um, Most of the girls in the sorority were doing a really uh, good job of balancing their social life with their school responsibilities, but other sisters had noticed um, some strange behavior from Emily. She started partying a lot harder than she used to, drinking all the time, smoking a lot of weed. She also started taking these weird dietary supplements. Mm. Um... And then rumors started swirling around that Emily was pregnant. Okay. So, which she denied, but again, strange things kind of kept happening. Yeah. She would take really heavy falls. Like, one time she fell down the stairs, claiming that it was just because she was drunk. Um, They also played a lot of sports, and, like, while she was playing the sports, she would just, like, apparently, like, Purposely, like, like, get hit or fall. Purposely, like, get hit or fall. Like, just, like... Yeah, so people were just kind of like, oh, this is just weird. You know yeah, what I mean? This it's isn't very how you obvious. normally act. Yeah. Um, she had started to gain some weight and would walk around talking to people while holding a pillow or stuffed animal in front of her stomach. Mm. Again, not Trying normal. To cover it. Like, yep. that's, you don't just like walk around with a pillow and yeah, talk no, to people. Yeah, no, you sure don't. <laughs> um, so she had started to wear a lot more baggy clothes, but uh, again, Emily completely denied the rumors that she was pregnant. The sorority sisters actually tried to kind of get her into a situation where if she didn't drink, it would have been, like, a weird thing. Like, Mm -hmm. it would have been obvious because they, like, I guess this is, like, a a tradition in their house that if they, like, start singing their, like, campus song or something, they hand somebody a drink and whoever they hand it to has to drink it. it. Okay. And she took, like, a tiny sip, I guess. And then, so, with her constantly denying the rumors and then her doing that, the story sisters just kind of were like, okay, whatever, I guess. Things are adding up. Like, just kind of left it alone, but... Um, on April 22nd, 2015, one of the sorority sisters had woken up at 7.30 in the morning for an early class and heard some weird noises coming from the bathroom. She said she heard a screech that sounded like a dying cat that was followed by three or four other cries. She thought that someone was just, like, on their phone watching a video or playing a game in the bathroom or something. Um, she also kept hearing the toilet being flushed, like, constantly. Mm. Um, and then later that like, day... Like, what do you do? Like, you go... Like, are you all right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. She, I think it said that the girl was, like, just showered and got ready, but, like, she could hear it from the other bathroom Weird. that she was in. So. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so anyway, later that day, another sorority sister had walked into the bathroom and was disgusted by what she had saw, what she had seen. There was blood all over the bathroom. She told the sorority house manager, who then sent out a text to all of the girls saying, whoever made this mess in the bathroom needs to clean it up immediately. Yeah. This looks like a murder scene. Oh, boy. <sighs> so. And it was. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how how she knew to say that in the text, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, the girls had been talking about the bloody bathroom all day, right? Like, mm-hmm. speculating who it could have been and well, what and, it... like, what's-her-face is just, like, there the whole time. Like, that's so weird. Yeah, like, I don't... Yeah, I well, don't actually, it that. will talk okay. about the timeline, so... <laughs> like, who did that? That's so rude. Gross. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, so yeah, the girls had been speculating about it all day, right? And then that's when it kind of brought them back to Emily. And one of them was like, well, what if she had miscarried, like, in the bathroom? And then another one was like, well, what if she had actually given birth in the bathroom? So their curiosity was piqued, and they decided to check out that theory, but none of them were prepared for what they found. When they opened the car, they had, like, gone over and just assumed, you know, this is where we need to check. So they went outside to, like, the trash bin and opened the garbage bag. And it was full of a bunch of liquid and just some, like, some other garbage. And then they had, one of the girls had seen a baby's foot inside. So, and then another one of the sisters, like, ran into the house and, like, broke down crying. It was just, like, it was a whole fucking baby. That's, like, she kept, like, crying, saying that over and over again. Like, she was traumatized. So it was, like, a full-grown baby. Full-grown baby. Oh, my gosh. So the girls obviously called the police, and the cops arrive, and they start taping off the house as, like, a crime scene, and they move all of the girls outside except for Emily. Okay. Um, One of the sisters had actually asked Emily why, like, as she was walking out, and it said that Emily just looked blankly back at her and just said I don't know okay and that was like it that's your reason yeah Emily testified that she was in pregnancy denial even though their wellness center on campus had reached out to her multiple times multiple times and sent her a certified letter of her pregnancy results in the mail um she had also admitted in a later interview to police that she hadn't gotten her period since October so, so she clearly knew. Yeah. I don't know how you claim pregnancy denial. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know what the, if that's like considered a disease or exactly what that yeah. is. But yeah. like, I don't know. So this is what Emily testified what happened. She thought she had had a stomach bug that was going around the house and went to the bathroom in the middle of the night thinking she had just had to go to the bathroom. But she, she then said she felt some pressure lower and realized that she was delivering her baby. Hmm. She said, I just pushed once and then the head and almost everything came out of her except her shoulder, which I grabbed and pulled out. Wow. That seems quite like an easy birth. Yeah. So she said she was like Emily was bleeding really, really bad and noticed that the placenta cord was still in. So she started to panic because she didn't know what to do. So she delivers the placenta cord, but didn't stop. But that didn't stop the bleeding. So she stuffed paper towels up herself And then and then she got a serrated knife from the kitchen and cut the umbilical cord. She also kept trying to flush the placenta down the toilet, but it it ended up like clogging it. And then she placed the baby face up in the trash bag. Ugh. So, so did the ba- the baby was delivered alive? Um. So Emily kind of I'll, I'll talk more about okay. it, but she kind of goes back and forth on that. Okay. Um, the toilet had clogged from the placenta, but Emily was so exhausted she went and laid down on the couch and set a timer for later so she could get up because she was scared of bleeding to death. Yeah. Because her, she wouldn't stop bleeding. Oh god, I'm surprised she was able to do all that work. I know. Um, she had cleaned the bathroom and then around five o'clock went out for food with a friend. 
so she's fine. The friend said that other than her kind of like limping out to the car, Emily seemed totally normal. She ended up texting the guy that she thought was the father, so that Charles dude. Yeah. Um, She texted him and said, no more baby. And then she sent another one right after, taking care of. Mm. And then the guy wrote back saying, I would like to know how you killed my kid. And then Emily at first wasn't, like, telling him anything and was just saying, like, you haven't cared this entire time. Like, you you know, just kind of yelling at him. And then eventually texted him and said that she had gone to the hospital by herself, but the baby died of placenta complications. Hmm. So when the cops found her, she was in her room and she was still bleeding from vaginal tears that required stitches, but was working on a college paper. So, like, she was just... On to the next. Yeah, didn't. I I mean, yeah. So now, so Emily now goes to trial in July 2016, and she hires this lawyer named R. Aaron Miller, which is really weird and like kind of crazy because he had represented a girl that had a similar case. Um, It was this other girl who went to the same school who had delivered her baby and put them in the trash as well. So maybe she, like, knew that story and that's why she followed it. Yeah, and I think so, because for their case, for that previous girl's case, Mm -hmm. they pled insanity and she got three years in prison, which Mm. I guess sounded like a good deal to Emily because she ended up hiring the same guy. Gotcha. Um, And they tried the same case as well. Yeah. Uh, They did the plea of insanity, right? So there were some details that came out during the trial in which Emily states she didn't murder her baby and she thought the baby was already dead. However, there were several interviews with the police where she goes back and forth on that and had stated that when the baby was born, she was breathing and she was like coughing and moving. Um, She stated that she didn't hurt the baby and a forensic pathologist stated that there were no signs of strangulation, stab wounds or bruises on the body. The baby had died of asphyxiation and the baby wasn't quite full term, but seemed Mm -hmm. pink and healthy. So (laughs) take that as you will. I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, this one was kind of brutal to get. Yeah. Um. Emily had stated that if she was trying, I don't know why she says this, she was saying if she was trying to harm the baby, why wouldn't she have just let her drown in the toilet? Like, she literally said that in court. Like, like okay. Well, if you weren't trying to harm the baby, why don't you just have it in a hospital? There's, like, a lot of things. Or that, call 911. Yeah, a lot of different <laughs> avenues to go if you weren't yeah. trying to harm it. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, the judge wasn't buying the defense and felt like she knew, or felt like Emily knew exactly what she was doing, especially with the text messages between Mm -hmm. her and the father. And earlier that year, she had also texted the father, Charles, and she saying that, like, she was worried she was going to get fat. She didn't know what to do. Um, she, like... She sent him a text like, I haven't told anyone about this, but yeah. it, like, I, but it's getting hard to keep quiet. I, I don't know what else to do other than to keep this a secret. So it's like, you know what I mean? She knew. Yeah. Um, and the guy had texted her back and was like, baseball's my main priority. I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> so he's Baseball's life. Yeah, he's a total douche. Oh, Charles. And then it actually ended up, uh, oh, I guess, and so, like, in the past, too, this was, like, another thing that came up during the trial. In that past November, Charles had actually tried taking Emily to an abortion clinic, but there was a snowstorm that was so bad that they had to turn around and they never tried again. Okay. However, it turns out that that guy wasn't even the father. Oh, cool beans. Yeah. High school boyfriend? Yep. They did a paternity test and it turns out it was actually her high school boyfriend that was the dad. Wow. Um, And he had no idea. Yeah. Like, he did not know 
this was going on, or at least that's what it says, right? Um, he was interviewed and stated that he actually felt really bad for Emily and that she's a good person and hopes nothing bad, too bad happens to her. So mm, well. you just got to wonder, had she known if it was his, like if things, things would have turned out Because maybe he would have helped her, like, no, like, let's and, get through this. Like, yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. Just so sad. Uh, the judge sentenced her to life in prison without parole oh, for geez. aggravated murder, abuse of a corpse, and tampering with evidence. Dang. She was interviewed actually quite recently, saying that she does believe she needs to pay for her crimes. She feels like a monster. However, she feels like her sentence was too excessive and is currently working on an appeal. I mean, there's people who have clearly murdered people in, like, harsh ways that don't even get life in prison. Right. Yeah, it's but so weird. no matter what, if you kill something, you should just get life in prison. Yeah. That's so uh, crazy. It's not so sad. She named the baby Addison Grace, and she is buried in a cemetery overlooking a football field where her parents had graduated. Oh, sad. I know. It's so sad. I feel gross after the story. I know. I hate baby stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually have, like, a little video that was just, like, news coverage of when okay. it all went down, so I'm going to play that for you guys now. I hate baby involved I know. I know. It's just so brutal. Jeez, Kylie. I know. Don't hate me, you guys. I <laughs> couldn't find a different story. <laughs> college student who prosecutors say gave birth in her sorority house before leaving the baby to die in a trash can has been sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Emily Weaver, police say, had the baby girl in the bathroom at Muskingum University in Ohio back in April 2015, then stuffed her in a trash bag outside. A jury found Weaver guilty of murder in May. During sentencing, the 21-year-old told the court, quote, I stand before you, a broken-down woman, asking for forgiveness and mercy. Words cannot express how sorry I am to my beautiful daughter, Addison, end quote. A judge told the court he didn't believe she was remorseful, according to the Zaneville Times record, pointing to evidence in the case from a text message that read, quote, taken care of. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Lee Sheps. Hmm. Hmm. So that's my sorority murder. She'd be crazy. Yeah. Just feel like there's lots of other routes you can take. Yeah, and the interview that uh, she just recently did was literally published like three days ago. Oh, and really? It's, yeah, it's a really long one too with like a bunch of pictures in it. So if oh, you're dang. interested, it's like it was a crazy read because it was actually pretty cool too because they kind of go into like the background of like neonatal murder which yeah. is what she, she did essentially uh -huh. and like they went in more to pregnancy denial and kind of like just gives you a little more background as to why stuff like this happens yeah so yeah so crazy so crazy sad well mine's a lot different <laughs> okay let's brush that <laughs> off and move on are to... involved in this murder okay mine is actually a little different than what you would think too because i my murder i'm talking about richard speck Okay. Who is actually the guy who murdered girls within a sorority house. Oh, okay, okay. So. Is this the Gainesville Ripper? Is that what no. they call him? Is that a different guy? Okay, I never think mind. So. Uh, so Richard Benjamin Speck was born December 6th of 1941 in Kirkwood, Illinois. Uh, he was born into a very religious family and was the seventh child of eight children. Whoa. Big family. Yeah. Uh, Richard's father died when he was only six and his mother soon remarried, which re relocated the family to Texas. Um, so 
they were always a really happy family, really, really religious until obviously the step stepdad got involved. The stepfather was a drunk who would abuse all of the children. And obviously because of this, Richard turned to crime. Mm. Uh, he spent a good chunk of his childhood in juvenile detention and actually drank a lot of alcohol. Uh, he would start sleeping with prostitutes in his teenage years while doing drugs with other juveniles. Uh, apparently he got his life together for like five minutes because <laughs> in November of 1962, he married Shirley Malone and they had a daughter named Bobby Lynn. Okay. So f- I so don't know what happened. So things seem like they're going seem up. things like they're, they're going well. However, their <laughs> marriage quickly ended after Richard ended up back in jail for theft and check fraud. Okay. She's like, I've made a mistake. He's like, she's like, well, you have not changed. <sighs> He was paroled in January of 1965, only to be arrested again for aggravated assault where he only served six months. So he's just one of those guys that keeps getting out of jail and keeps going back in. It should be like three strikes, you're out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, isn't it, doesn't California have that rule? Or they used to? Like three strikes, you're out? Probably not. Yeah. Probably now. 1965. <laughs> uh, let's see. During this time, Richard thought he was cool and wanted to the world to know that he was like a dangerous man. Okay. So he got the words tattooed on his arm, born to raise hell. Wow. Wow. Spooky. Wow. Scary. So scary. Soon after this, Richard was again arrested for a burglary and assault. So his tattoos <laughs> really changed him. <laughs> <laughs> After being released, he fled to Chicago to stay with his sister. He spent a few months in Chicago with his sister before traveling to back to Illinois, where he stayed with some family friends. Uh, for a short time, he got his life together again as a carpenter, or that's what people thought. So they thought mm-hmm. that he was, like, figuring out his life, all the, all, but he didn't know. He, it's like, just, scratches off the born to raise hell tattoo. It's just, it's just like, born to raise... Carpentry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Soon after, 65-year-old Virgil Harris was viciously raped and robbed in her home on April 2nd, 1966. On April 13th, a barmaid, Mary Pierce, was brutally beaten. The only thing that linked these girls together was Richard. When Richard was somehow, was going to be brought into questioning for police, he fled the state of Illinois. So... The when he raped and robbed Virgil, mm-hmm. which it sounds like a guy's name, but it's not. Is how old is she? She's sixty five. I, I was gonna say I feel like it's an older yeah. lady name. Um, I don't know what linked her to Richard, but the barmaid Mary Pierce that was brutally beaten was last seen with Richard. Oh, okay. Um, but again, he fled the state before police were even got to him. When police got to his hotel room, they found some things that were able to lead to both attacks. So he obviously took some souvenirs, whether it be clothing or whatever. Okay, his little, like, trophies. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, because they hadn't found Richard, the police kind of just let it fall to the side, these murders. They just kind of were like, Meh. And then through this time, Richard was able to find work at a local shipyard, uh, working on a ship, but obviously this didn't last very long before <laughs> trouble followed him. Uh, let's see, on July 2nd, 1966, three girls vanished in the area that Richard was staying, but the police were never able to find their bodies. Uh-oh. And you guessed it, when the police went to question <laughs> Richard, he had already fled the state. Oh my So gosh. bodies just keep dropping everywhere he goes. Well, that's usually how they get caught, right? It's because they mm-hmm. end up hanging around, so he's like, in a way, smart to just like, book it after. Yep, exactly. Uh, This is when Richard ended up in South Chicago on July 13th of 1966. 
he decided to make a pit stop at a home that was being used as a sorority group home for eight student nurses at a nearby Chicago hospital school. Mm -hmm. Uh, When 23-year-old, I'm going to mess up their names because that's just what we do, uh, Corazon Amuraro. Nailed it. Opened the front door. Richard forced his way in at gunpoint. Richard found all of the nurses in the home, rounded them up into one room, and ordered them to empty their purses before tying them up with ripped bed sheets. Whoa. Uh, by midnight, three more nurses who had been out that night had come home and were also forced to be tied up. And what's sad is one of them had just left dinner with her fiancé planning their wedding. Oh, my God. Yeah. Richard, How many in total? So total, there's eight girls. So there wow. was... Yep, yeah, so... That's yeah. a lot. Holy there's shit. A lot. Okay. Uh, Richard sat with the women for hours, like, trying to make casual conversation, like, making jokes and, like, talking, just, like, smoking a cigarette, trying to play cool. And so the girls, through this point, were thinking that this was just a robbery and he was just going to take their money and leave. Like, he was making it seem like that. But, obviously, he decided otherwise. Over the next several hours, Richard stabbed and strangled each of the young women throughout various rooms of the house. So what he would do is he would take one girl at a time from the main room. He would untie them and then he would take them into another room and kill them. All of the girls sitting there that were tied up had to listen to each murder one by one and wait for their turn. Oh my god. Yes. By the end of the massacre, eight women between the ages of 19 and 24 were bound, robbed, beaten, strangled, and stabbed around 20 times. Oh my god, so young too. Jesus. Yep. One of the victims had been raped. So there were actually three victims that were worse than the others. Uh, Valentino, one of the victims, throat was slashed all the way to almost cut her whole neck off. Oh, God. Uh, Patricia was kicked brutally in her stomach, so she had, like, internal bleeding. So he was, like, messing with them, yes. too. Like, and he was, like, switching it up. And, like, yep. oh, God. Gloria was drugged, dragged downstairs, raped. She, he hit her so hard in the face, he broke her jaw, and then he strangled her to death. Yes. Because he was, like, in this killing fury, he wasn't yeah. paying attention, he didn't know what was going on, he lost count of the girls that were in the room. Amira, or Amira, blah, 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 <laughs> who was the girl that opened the door, was able to find a way to hide under one of the beds. She remained under the bed until 6 a.m. the following day, like, yeah. waiting to see if he was still there, listening, if he was, like, and then there was, I was watching one video, and there was, like, a coat hanging in the corner, and she kept thinking it was him, so oh, she would just, God. like, stay still. That's terrifying. Yeah. I wonder why none of the other girls tried to hide. I don't know if they just, like, couldn't get to it, yeah. or, like, she was just tied in a way that she was able to able get loose. To, yeah. I don't know, but. So sad. So sad, and she had to listen and watch all of that. Um, she, when she got out at 6 a.m., she crawled onto the second story ledge and screamed for help, which police, or the neighbors were, called the police. When police arrived at the scene, they took Amiro, who was the girl who hid under the bed, into custody to interview about what happened. Fortunately for the the police, the one thing that she was able to remember was that lovely tattoo that he (sighs) wanted to get on his arm. Born to raise hell. Exactly. Because of all the crimes he had been convicted for in the past, they were able to identify this as Richard Speck. They were also able to find his fingerprints all throughout the townhouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, Media coverage put Richard's face all over the front page because, of course, he fled the state. Uh, They were trying to find someone to recognize him and call him to the police. Uh, he, Richard, obviously seeing this, thought it would be a grand idea to try to commit suicide. Uh, so on July 19th, 1966, Richard tried to commit suicide by slashing his wrists in the hotel room he was staying in. 
But at the last minute, he changed his mind and summoned help. So he had already slashed his wrist, and then he was like, oh, God, I made a mistake. Just kidding. Just kidding. Richard was then taken to the local hospital, but when he was taken to the hospital, no one had known where he, who he was. But one of the nurses or doctors or something, again, recognized the tattoo and ended up calling the police. That tattoo screwed him. I know, freaking <laughs> dummy. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, um, he because of the injuries to his wrist, he had to stay for surgery to repair his arteries because he... He did it pretty good. But the time that he was in the hospital, they had dozens of police people to watch over him so that he mm-hmm. didn't escape because he was known to find yeah. his way. Uh, his trial began on April 3rd, 1967, and he said that he had no recollection of the eight murders that he committed. No memory. No memory of eight murders Then that why you did commit. you flee? Yeah, exactly. Then why are you running away and why are you cutting your wrist? I just, like, don't remember. Yeah. So the girl that hid under the bed was the key witness, obviously, and she was able to testify against Richard. The trial lasted about 12 days, and then on April 15, 1967, the jury found Richard guilty of all eight murders and was sentenced to death. Did he try and do, like, insanity in, like, congruent of him, like, saying he didn't It didn't say remember? that he didn't, but probably, because if he's trying to play the I don't know card, I'm sure that his attorneys did try to play that. Yeah, for sure. So... <laughs> He gets a little weird in this po- when he goes to jail. Okay. So in 1972, Richard's sentence was taken down to 50 to 100 years. So he was taken off death row. Uh, but he only served 19 years because he died of a heart attack in December 5th of 1991. Mm. But in case you didn't think he was a psycho already, <laughs> after his death in 1991, in 1996, a TV journalist released a prison video showing Richard and how he, like, worked the system. So he, like loved prison let me just tell you he was like living large he was loving it but not because of the reasons you think he decided to take hormone ingestions i don't know how he got them got breastuses oh dang and just was the lady of the house transitioned in prison that's wild and he was loving it engaging in all the intercourse with all the inmates oh my (laughs) god so what a turn of events yeah so I have a video. I wonder if that's why he like hated women so much or something. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like because he I think he had like a fascination with yeah, women. And like right. in the end, he just decided to be one himself. Right. But um, it's like, homie, you could have done that without yeah. like killing all these girls. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. So I have a video of him at the prison video and he's just sitting here in his Ew, no, stop in it. women's underwear it. with his breasts hanging out. What? <laughs> talking about. How he's just living the best life and how he feels about these murders. Oh my god. Don't mind the music. <laughs> jamming out. Can you see him right now while this no. is playing? Okay. <laughs> it's showing pictures of him. Listen, guys, hold on. Is that Rihanna? Journalist Bill fine. Curtis. Uncovered a grotesque reminder of Richard Speck. Can't really tell. The disturbing video of oh. Speck discusses the murders and shows evidence of his bizarre life behind bars. I just did have to get an old lady. Right More shocking than Speck's lack of remorse was his change in appearance. 
Apparently through the use of hormones, he had transformed his body to ensure his survival in one of America's most dangerous prisons. He had the certain trappings of a female body that made him very desirable to inmates. The breasts and the, you know, silk feminine underwear were all part of the scheme by which he kept himself alive, and not only alive, but, you know, well-supplied with goodies like liquor and cocaine because he was what's known as a queen bee in the penitentiary. And then it worked. He didn't get killed like Domery. Absolutely cunning survivor. That's also what disappointed a lot of people. We wanted him to hurt. We wanted him to be in pain. We wanted him to die. But... So basically, did he just do coke off a dude's thigh? Dude, yeah. Oh and my god! I don't god. understand why this prison is just like you do you. I know. But they are, and there's just like this dude chilling in him, and he's like rubbing his leg. He does like cocaine off his leg. Yeah. And, like, dude, Richard Specht is chilling so, like, half on a naked. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, he talks about he's like, if only they knew how much fun I was having in here. Yeah, they'd let me loose. Yeah. Like, they'd let me go if I, they knew how much yep. fun I was having in here. Oh, my God. And then God. when he, when they insane. asked him in the video why he did it, he just said, it just wasn't their night. It like, just that's wasn't it. their night. His yep. boobs, though. Oh, His my boobs God. Are just good. They're, like, saggy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, the queen bee. A, the queen bee. That's crazy. Richard Speck. Well, there and it's go. like, you know he's getting hormones. Like, what? Through the use and you of know hormones, he's getting cocaine. How? Like, why isn't he's he just in, like... snorting cocaine? Like, aren't there police officers right yeah. there? Like, feel like the security needs to be amped up a tiny <laughs> At bit. The, like craziest jail in like the state. You're like, what okay. in the world, dude? He that is, is an interesting fella. That is wild. And how would you feel to be the girl that survived? Oh god, like, so crazy. Like listening to that for hours. Well, you'd just be so pissed. Like. Yeah. He killed all of your friends, and just, now he's just living it up yeah. in jail. Like, And that's what that guy was saying. He was like, people wanted him dead. Yeah. And he was put on death row, and then they took him off, and he's just living his best life. That's crazy. So crazy. Oh, my gosh. Psychopath. Psycho. I don't know where, where they come from. I just, from. like, love that he, like, does coke off that dude's thumb. <laughs> I know. Just in the middle of the video, like, what's just, up? <laughs> come here, queen bee. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> There you have okay. it, guys. Feel well, free to join a sorority if you feel <laughs> the need, but after that, I for sure won't be. Oh my gosh, what a know. crazy theme. It that is, is a crazy not theme. what I imagined for no. either of us when we picked I was that thinking theme. like the your scary movie where yeah. it's like she hated her and she <laughs> killed her. She was the new sorority house queen. Yes. I had to take her out or like <laughs> something like that. No. It was not That's that. Not how it did not go that And then way. we're going to do the guy one and it's going to be like, well, we just got like drunk and stuff. <laughs> You want to rip up his Hong Kong ticket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you guys have Holy it. Holy shit. Okay. I don't know about you, but... That was weird. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Go watch yourself some sorority scary shows. Yeah. Enjoy this. Look up the videos. Oh, man. Crazy. And have a good week. Have a good week. Happy Monday. It is Monday. Usually it's Sunday, but it's not. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Friends, Two Murders. Go follow us on Instagram at Two Friends, Two Murders Podcast. Episodes are available on both Apple Podcast and Buzzsprout. Don't forget to go leave us a review and share the episode with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or email us at twofriends2murderspodcast at gmail.com.